Broadcasting live, this is KMA Talk Radio, life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. With your hosts, Honest Abe and Adam K. the Brewmeister. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kmatalkradio.com. I like to smoke them like some Prince Churchill. Libertarians, lovers of the leaf, everyone out there in Facebook land, welcome to another exciting edition of KMA Talk Radio, broadcasting live in the at-home edition as we have well become to be known now for the last almost two months, solid two months now of just broadcasting at home. I am Adam K, the Brewmeister. Uh, welcome. We hope you're washing your hands and not touching your face. And with me as always, the man, the myth, the legend... The uh, social distancing expert himself, Mr. Honest Abe. Good morning, everyone. I, I woke up today and I just said to myself, it's feeling like a KMA kind of day today. I don't uh, know why. What, what does that actually mean? I, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Just woke up. I said, today just feels like a KMA kind of day. Right. I, I, I posted it. I hashtagged it. I liked it. It's a KMA and, kind of day. Uh, I think that could be a next t-shirt. That a KMA kind of day. You know what? That's it. That's a good. That's a good one. We should add uh, that in. Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much. Let's put that on the website. Somebody mark that down. Yeah. Write yeah. that down. And of course, uh, the best person we could afford, who got us started almost eight minutes late on the day, uh, Paul, the birther of massive babies, producer. Massive Pedro. babies. Yes. Okay. Let me just say I, this. <laughs> I, wait, listen. I got to see that baby. He is massive. He is huge. I, I, he, I, he sent me a picture yesterday. I'm like, oh my god, it's a sumo I, wrestler. I saw him in person Thursday morning, and I, I'm telling you, I'm questioning the DNA of that child. <laughs> this is what well, I. He's got Paul's hair. That's a Jerry Springer baby right there. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> well, if no, it is, not Jerry, <laughs> Maury Povich. Maury Povich. He's yeah, Maury. Yeah, Maury. He's yeah, the Maury. one that says it is your baby. He does the DNA testing. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, man, it'll save me a lot of money. These 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 $10,000 in hospital bills on top of insurance uh, don't pay themselves, so maybe the real father would like to step up. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, in my defense, everything was set up, but I still need to test things once we once we all get on, and, and Abe was a little bit later than normal. I know he has, you know, a business to run and all, but, you know, not to throw anybody under the bus, but... You I'm gonna to throw you under the bus. Should I can call in right before the show? What is your problem? No, no I no no no. For you, I, I can show you one day how this system works. But in order for me to test certain things, you have to be you have to be on the call. In all seriousness, I, I'm not. I I'm just, just to swear I'm not I, making that up. I just, excuses, <laughs> excuses are like assholes, Paul. Everybody's got them, and nobody just, wants to look at them. This no. is funny coming from you. <laughs> like I said, it's going to be a KMA kind of day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But instead oh, of you man. showing me all that stuff, I think it'd just be easier to find a new producer. I mean, that's fine, but I would love to see I a new producer. I would love to see a new <laughs> producer to come in. For the money not, on, not on our budget. Listen, <laughs> for, the, for a new producer to come in, being a radio, knowing radio stuff, and coming in and doing this, I, please, go ahead. I welcome it. Anybody out there that wants to submit your resume, 
send it to info at kmatalkradio.com so I get it. Any <laughs> resume that's too good, I won't give to Abe. <laughs> I think I think you may get depressed on how many people will think they can do the job better than you. Everybody does. That, but that's, <laughs> that's how you know you're doing a good job, when people hate you for it and think they can do a better job. A wise man once told me that once. Mm. I'm just that's saying. Valid. Mm. So, Paul, do you have the quarantine shakes yet? or uh, Dude, he's that? never home. I tried to stop by three times to give him his birthday gift. He's never home. Oh, I don't know what kind of a birthday gift? I don't know what quarantine he's under. No, wait. So what we're what what we've been doing when you weren't when you tried to come those two times, we were at the park and then we were at our pool. So I'm just we, saying we, it's not that much of a quarantine. You're never home. Yeah, but we're not mingle co-mingling with people. Oh, you were the only family at your community pool. Yeah. I have four pools here. No, I haven't. We haven't seen since the pools opened. I have not. That's why I'm not freaking out about not having my own pool right now. Uh, I, I haven't seen one other person at our pool yet since we've been going. So it's been open, what, a week and a half? Something like that. Not one other person has been there when we went. And same thing at the park. We went to the park out here in Wellington. There was nobody in the preserve. I think we I, we did see in the distance one guy with his with his daughter riding their bike. But other than that, it's... You know, we're still pretty quarantined. But you, you know, Abe, Abe wants a, a response immediately when he calls me. But sometimes, like, one time you called me, I was literally dealing with a blowout diaper. And my wife was dealing with the one-and-a-half-year-old going, I don't know what the, the hell he was doing, running amok at the house. So I had to change a diaper. And, I, I mean, literally, I couldn't touch the phone because my hands were covered. <laughs> it's, dude, it's tough over here. Anybody that says they want to stay home all the time. Like I used to say that, I'd be like, man, if I ever make a few million, I, you know what I'm going to do? Okay. Nothing. And I just, you just, could never do it. Just so you know, the whole thing of staying home all the time is under the context that your wife is out working. <laughs> <laughs> staying home all the time at the same time with your wife is a whole different. Yeah. Uh, she, she did can, work. Can we backtrack though? Just, what did you get Paul for his birthday? Is oh, what yeah. I want to. I got him a bottle of wine. Ah, okay. I gave I him one of the wines from my my collection. Not even, okay. not even just a bottle of wine, though. You know, Adam, my wife's a, a psalm. She yeah. was. I, I mean, it's Stag's Leap, and she knows more about. I mean, it's an awesome bottle of wine. So thank you for that. We haven't had think, it yet. I don't think you can get that one in particular unless you're a member of their club. I'm not sure. Oh, I'll, I'll she, have her She check. would know. She would know. I'll have her check. I think she said they sell that bottle at the They at might. The they might. I get confused. I know there's a couple of them we, that we get from them that they, you have to be a member of their club. But Do you, do you get I monthly like, bottles? I, well, I did. I suspended it when this whole crap went down. Why? This is when you drink the most. Eh, you know, you didn't know the future, man. I'm not wasting money on wine clubs right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a conservative advice. guy, I'm man. So much stuff. I'm a conservative guy. But yeah, I wasn't going to waste the money. I mean, anything, anything, it's really funny because a lot of frivolous stuff just immediately stopped, right? Because I don't know the foreseeable future. And it's funny is because I see a lot of my staff like still doing extravagant stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's mind boggling. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very uh, conservative and precautious person when it comes to that kind of stuff. I, I am too. I don't like any of these monthly membership things unless it's, Certain, you know, there's one I don't or two mind, things. I don't mind the wine because we drink them and we don't, yeah. we, 
And it's nice, actually. You know, I mean, look, I don't belong to my my own Cigar of the Month Club, but I kind of get the experience that yeah. the Cigar of the Month Club guys get, right? When I get the email, the shipment's coming out. You know, the only difference is for me, it's not really a surprise because they tell you what they're sending you right. in the email. So it's like you get a box and you open it up. But, no, they're nice. It's just that, you know, we just didn't want to, you know, they don't, they're not like inexpensive bottle of wines when you belong to, you know, like Stag's Leap Wine Club. So, yeah, we just, uh, we just, yeah, we, did a, we did a wine club a couple of times. It, it gets expensive, but, they, and you also drink a lot more, which right now, I, uh, we've probably had a drink every single night in the last two weeks. So, it's what did you rough. end up doing for your birthday? How old are you now? <laughs> 37. Oh, you're still a baby. <laughs> what, what did you end up doing for your birthday? We, uh, so my sister in law and her fiance came uh, from Georgia. They've been pretty quarantined. And they haven't seen the baby yet, and we were starting to lose it, and we're not really able to see anybody else. So they, uh, they on a whim, kind of came down Monday and stayed for a few days. So uh, I, I, Stephanie had one of those, like, post your yard signs come and put happy 37th birthday Paul on the front lawn. So that was a uh, riot. <laughs> That's such a married person thing. <laughs> I guess. So, so we already have an Ash KMA question already. Uh, Randy Bush would like to know, do you have hairspray on today, Adam? Yeah, oh, Bush Adam, is I, obviously geared towards you. Did no one notice that, like, come on, I styled my hair per Tanya's request. Did no one notice? Come on. <laughs> Someone <laughs> noticed. It's wow. Notice, you know, I tried to do my best. I got it, like, I do on a regular work day. I did the whole thing. So, yeah, Rando, yeah, totally did. It's done. At Good job coming request. through on a married woman's request. That'll get you far. I'm going to tell you <laughs> something. I, I'm I've been I've been out a little bit now. You know, I had like two meals in restaurants and whatnot. Oh wow! Yeah, we haven't done that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We I, we went to lunch here at the faux place here in in, in uh, Boynton, and then when we were up in Orlando, I, we went to I went to visit Jeff and Tanya actually Thursday, and um, we kind of spent the whole day out there. And the ten of us all went to have lunch, and between going to the restaurant, which wasn't packed, but they had people sitting there outside our group of 10, mm-hmm. uh, stopping by the Sand Lake Corona store, which we saw Jeff Ru- Rui. It was always good to see him. And yeah. Fred Rui was there. Wow. I see Jeff Rui. Sorry, Fred Rui. Yeah. I just realized yeah. it's Jeff. Uh, yeah, we saw Fred Rui there. He lives in and, the area, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a regular next door. He was a little shocked to see me and Tanya come out of the car <laughs> at the same time. But... Um, uh, and even in, in our retail locations, people are coming out. Um, you got it, man. It's so it's 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 killing me to not you know like to not be. Out. I mean, I mean, we're still observing the fifty percent capacity, but you have to understand, for, <clears throat> for the most part, you really don't have more than fifty percent throughout the. Maybe at nights, a Friday night, Saturday. What night. is your so capacity in the in the Boynton store? Three hundred people. It's, no, it's got to be a lot. 27 now, seats. Well, 27 seats in the bar area. Don't listen to him. But, yeah. But in the bar area, maybe. In the fire yeah, department, it's 27 seats. In the bar. Okay. Yeah. Listen, don't, yeah, don't listen to him. But um, it hasn't been a problem, really. But the stores, I mean, I walk out sometimes, and it just kind of looks like it would have been before this whole right. mess. So, I mean, it's one of those things you still got to be cautious you know, like when we saw Jeff and Tanya, Tanya came up to give us a hugs, you know, I tell all my family, don't hug people. But you know, what are you going to do? You know, we just hugged, you right. know, I mean, 
you get put in certain positions and, and but you try to be as cautious as possible. You don't want to let your guard completely down and act like the world is completely normal. There's nothing wrong. But I, I've been witnessing a lot of normalcy out out there right now. Oh yeah. Or, oh yeah. Or Simple things. A, a, a slow trend movement back toward normalcy, you know? Right. So, there were a good amount of people in the lounge yesterday, especially after, like, 4 or 5 o'clock. I went out and was like, wow, this place is really jumping, like, more so than it had been, but, you know, and still socially distanced apart. But it was a good thing to see, absolutely. That's great. Yeah, so we, we didn't do much. We, we did a walk around the neighborhood here. We did... My, one of our friends sent pizza to the house. She's she's uh, stuck in in Arkansas right now, where her job is. So but she you sent, guys are going. You guys are going out shopping. You told me Steph went to Costco. Yeah, Steph goes shopping. So you um, are interacting outside your home a little bit. A little bit, like slowly starting to. She did a she she has a mobile spray tan business. She did a, a spray tan in gloves and a mask yesterday, uh, and I was stuck with the the babies for two hours. I I, I started going back to stretch zone. You know, oh, you, yeah, um, and they're touching dude, you I, with gloves. No, no gloves. I mean, you got clothes wow. on. You got clothes on. Wait a second. Then, you wear clothes to stretch? They, yeah, they stretch you out. It's like a stretch out before a workout, man. It's amazing. I listen. I swear by it. I'm telling you. If I haven't talked about it before, I don't know if I have. Yeah, you did last week. You, yeah, we talked. About I swear. It. I swear by it, man. I started feeling immediately better. Those six weeks of being stagnant and sedentary and doing crap. I, I mean, I started feeling better immediately within two days, like immediately. Okay. You know, my sciatica feels better. Like, you know, during the Great Smoke, I went like those whole weeks before. Didn't have a problem walking around for five hours during the Great Smoke. I Do mean, you have to wear clothes? I'm just asking. I'm just dude, it's, it's in an open room with, with three or four other people, you know. Wait a second. I mean, so you go in, you pay money to go into a room <laughs> with four or five other people. Okay. In the same room, so, and some some okay. woman so, stretches you out. So so what they do is they have these depending on the size of the place. Like right now, they they've moved a couple because they they need to make sure they're far apart from everybody. But there's there's tables, almost like a massage table, but it's not. It's got straps because they strap you down part of you when you stretch you. So because when they're trying to stretch your leg in a weird pretzel position, your body wants to roll, so you got to hold it down. But um. <laughs> No, I'm telling you, man. They do that to everybody, right? Not just you. Well, it depends what you're going in there for. Like, some guys go there specifically. Look, I just got to let you know, man. This is like a heavily used thing by a lot of major athletes. It's You got sciatica pains. They'll work on that. If you have shoulder pains, they concentrate more on your shoulders. They could do just legs, just upper body. You know, but um, I I really, after going there and feeling the difference, I I don't think I'll ever get a regular massage again because I just don't feel as good coming out of it. Yeah, and I, I think, and I really believe that flexibility and your body being flexible is, is, is very key to longevity. So, yeah, I, I swear by it. Yeah. So I started doing that. The kids got piano lessons again. The lady's coming back to the house. They started tennis lessons, which is really not a contact sport. It's outside. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're just edging back to a little bit of, you know, normalcy. The, 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 the instructor comes, she does her lesson, we wipe down the piano, we wipe down the seat after she leaves, and that's it, you know. Adam, what about you? Have you uh, started normalcy? Not that anything's changed? Yeah, really. What's, what was normal to begin with? Um, I don't think anything really changed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Except I have to go back to work. I've been going back to work for a month now, so that's the whole thing. So, yeah. There's wow. even been a month yet. Almost. Well, let's get our guest on. Let's start talking some cigars. All right. Let's talk about cigars. Uh, we are pleased this week to welcome a first-time guest to KMA Talk Radio, Mr. Kevin Schweitzer of Vintage Rockefeller Cigars. Uh, Kevin originally started on Wall Street, but has been a cigar enthusiast for over 25 years. And if I'm not mistaken, he bought this company in 2017. So, Kevin, welcome to KMA Talk Radio. Hey, guys. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for being here, Kevin. Uh, that is a lovely-looking uh, office, I'm home office, I'm guessing you have well, there? Yeah, you know, I tried to do it outside, but I was definitely going to have technical problems if I did that. Now, uh, does... Does so this, I didn't even the, want to attack that. <laughs> do you normally smoke in the office, or is that is this? No, I normally thing? smoke outside in the mobile lounge in the car, okay. or inside my garage. We're actually cleaning out the garage, building a whole lounge out of it. So. Oh, very nice. Uh, you got some lovely books in the. Sh- have you read all the books in the background there? So a lot of those books. So there's a lot of books on martial arts because I was into martial arts as a kid. Really. I was also a magician, and I belong to Society of American Magicians. So a lot of those books are all about magic. Oh, can you do a trick for us today? <laughs> I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> oh, see, something, no pressure. You don't got to do it now. But see, we got something lying around. I'd like to see a trick before we go off the air. We have a very, we have a friend of ours that that was the same thing. He was a professional magician for a while. So that's that's pretty cool. So have you been to the Magic Castle since you're? In Haven't been in Magic Castle, but Society of American Magicians is a old school magician club that started by Houdini in 1909 mm. in Manhattan. It's like an underground secret society. Oh, so that's not the same society that no. the Magic Castle is. Okay. No, well, there's different ones. Okay. There's like the IBM, the Society of American Magicians. There's all different ones. Wow. Now, uh, how often would you say you practice doing magic tricks? So I've been doing it since I'm eight years old when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Wow. And uh, what yeah, I remember, when I, remember when I was a kid, my father took me to this place called Tannen's Magic Shop mm-hmm. on Broadway in Manhattan. And I was hooked. I loved it. I, I loved it. And then he took me to see the Great Richardian Witchcraft on Broadway. And I think I was about ten years old or eight years old. And I was like, and they were they were actually cutting a person in half with an electrical buzzsaw. And I'm like, how the hell did they? Do? And they walk in the audience across. And I was like, how did they do that? So by the time I was like twelve or thirteen, I, had, I was doing magic shows under the name Kevin Fantistico. Believe it or not. And had, oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, you'll always be now Kevin Fantistico today. There we go. <laughs> so wait, so I, I just need to know now. So when you, if you go to magic shows or whatever, are you the guy that says, I know how they do that. I know how they do that. Two codes as a magician. You never try to make anyone look bad or you never tell a secret. I'm not so saying. Yes, you, I am I'm like not, that. Okay. I'm not saying that you tell anybody how it's done, but do you just say, I know how they did that. Yes. A lot of times. <laughs> Have you ever seen a trick? That you don't know how they did? Yep. That's like that Penn and Teller show where where you have to fool Penn and Teller. See if they can, if they can fool a magician, then they've done a good job. Right. Do you then try to figure it out or you just move on? Well, I try to figure it out. And the great thing about magic is there's a lot of creativity when you invent tricks, which I love. Right. Have you invented your own tricks? In the past, I have, yes. Really? What was the best trick you ever invented? So it's actually a funny story. <laughs> which I probably shouldn't get to on the show, but it's... <laughs> so what happened was, I did this trick where you guys pick a card, right? 
mm-hmm. and you pick a card, the card's out of the deck, and it's sitting on a windowsill, the same card. Or inside a glass beer bottle. Oh, oh. that's cool. Yeah. And you thought that up on your own. Yeah, because I was watching how all the magicians did other things. And how exactly did you do that trick? No, I'm not going to tell you that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you? So, so I'm actually ahead. trying to teach my daughter magic now because she loves it. My oh. son couldn't be. My son couldn't be bothered. He's too into his electronics. But my daughter really loves it. How old is your son and daughter? So my daughter's eight, Victoria. Oh, yeah. She's and my son is twelve, Alex. Oh wow! God bless. Thank you. So you were on Wall Street. Yes, sir. What did you do there? What did you work for? So it was an interesting situation. So my family's been in business for a long time. And right away, you know, I didn't want to work for my father, so I fought him. I was like, I'm not going into a family business, this and that. (laughs) And my dad used to do a lot of business up in Canada. So he took us up to to Toronto, I think it was, Toronto. And, you know, back then they didn't really watch your kids. They weren't so overprotective. So I ended up meeting with some geologists, and I went up to the Red Lake District of Ontario, where all the gold mines are, and where the placer mines are. And I went up there, and I went to a gold mine. I was hooked, and I loved wow. it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And so then I knew what I wanted to do, but that didn't happen right away. You know, I was like coming out of high school, whatever, and I didn't go to college. I went right into Wall Street. Before I did that, so I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be into gold one way or another. So I started sending my resumes to Newmont Mining, to American Barracks at the time. Peter Monk was the CEO. And uh, they basically, yeah, you're too young kid, blah, blah. So I was a little discouraged, but, you know, I dealt with it. It was what it was. And then I got into the restaurant business for a guy named Michael Schwartz. For a guy named Michael Schwartz who had a bunch of restaurants in uh, New York City. So I worked over there for a while. And then I went to work for a guy named Howie Winkler. And he was trading coffee and, and cocoa. So that's how I started. And I was like, wow, coffee and cocoa is wild markets. And then the guy dies. He's 31 years old. Oh, my God. Right. That was the end of that. Oh, geez. So then I went to my family business thinking I'm going to be Joe Trader. And I got humbled very quickly because right away, he's like, here's a glass of ice. Go fill it with Sunkist. You know what I mean? So I was like, what the fuck? I don't want to do this. (laughs) But I kept my mouth shut and I did it. And I went through all the different parts of the business to learn the back offices. So if there was a problem, the buck stops with me. I got to go fix it. Okay. And that's what I did. So are all commodities, when you said you were trading cocoa, is is it the same, just, just different products when you trade those types of commodities? Obviously different prices, but... Different products. Back then, the commodities market moved a lot quicker and faster than our markets, like the S&P now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, all I know, the, everything I know about the commodities market is based on what's in the movie trading <laughs> Ah, thank you, Paul. I was about to bring frozen orange juice. Yes. Yeah, that's. He said orange. He said sun I was like, oh, he's gonna do a frozen orange juice. Uh, thing <laughs> no, but it's actually similar to that. It really is. The swings. Yeah. The swings are similar to that. Really? Okay. I mean, you can lose. You can lose everything in, in a commodity in one day. Wow. You're stupid. Jeez. You know what I mean? I've seen people make huge silver bets and keep going like a craps table and lose everything. Right. And they right. rub a lot of money, so it's pretty crazy. I bought my first commodity like two months ago or a month and a half ago. What was Ever. it? Gold. Gold. Yeah, I was getting. I was so paranoid. I didn't you know and, what was you and every happen. you and every other American on the planet was buying gold. I was, then it's I was serious. I was clients. so paranoid. I was so paranoid. I didn't know what what was going to happen. And 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 yeah, I bought some gold. 
So you so, at least have something in case the banks go <laughs> go upside down. So what happened? So so what happened then was I got into the market. I became a trader. I got into the market. And I immediately wanted to get into the gold business. So I started working with investment bankers in New York and work with when Barrick or Newmont wanted to sell a piece of their mind, we go down with translators, military, and go in these crazy countries where some of them had no U.S. embassies. Again, in the belt, like uh, in the Andes, from Chile to Argentina, or Argentina to Chile. Yeah, it was crazy. But I loved it. I loved it. And... Um, Hence, that's where my gold background comes in. Then I wrote for Barron's a couple of times. And uh, I set up the international carry trade for some international banks. That's what I did. Oh, wow. So the, the key, Abe, the key to gold at the time when you were buying it, six months or eight months before that, there were three major, there were six major gold companies. Three of them merged. So Newmont bought Gold Corp. Barrick bought Rand Gold. So you had six go to three. And as I said before, it's very rare to see a merger at the bottom of the market because now all the synergies come together. So they so get more share. Is that good for gold or bad for gold? So that was good. So they had they okay. had the flu at the bottom and they did that. And then and then Newmont Mining goes out and buys their own stock back, which are a bunch of bureaucrats. So they knew it was time for it to turn and they were dead on. Later on, gold goes up. The market was so high, it was coming down for a reason. Nobody knew what that reason was. But, of course, it took a black swan event like the pandemic to take it down. Wow. Well, I mean, I, I actually got fortunate because um, I, I, if you never bought a commodity, I mean, where do you go to buy a commodity? I didn't even know how to buy a commodity. I, I didn't know you yet, so I couldn't call you to figure out how to buy a commodity. <laughs> right. oh, God, all my clients are gold dealers. Well, I didn't know that. So one of my <laughs> customers who I know is a you know, very well-to-do guy, he's been a good friend and a customer like for 20 years. So I called him up, and he's like, well, how much gold do you want? I said, well, you know, I don't own so much. Half a mil. So, so he <laughs> bought, I guess he bought years ago a whole slew of um, Eagle, one ounce pure Eagle coins and whatever. And basically, you know, he, he, he sold me a bunch. And when he sold them to me, it was actually fair because I looked at the price that day. He sold them to me for fifteen at $1,500 an ounce. And I think right now it's floating at, what, $1,700? $1,750, yeah, around yeah. $1,740. So, yeah, I got lucky, and he was very kind to me because I, I know the current prices at the time was more than that. So, But uh, interesting to have. The only problem is you have a lot of money and very little, <laughs> you know, you don't want to drop it, lose it. It's just right, like, it's true. Know, well, you know, a lot of guys a lot of guys use okay, vaults, so they, they use they use yeah, vaulting you companies. Put it in the vault. Yeah, but just even transporting it, you know, it's like, you know, like that much is a lot of dough. A little, a little canister of, you know, 20, 25 coins is a lot of dough. Yeah, but hey, Kevin, most, of gold, most of the gold vaults are all filled up anyway in the United States. Well, one of my clients built one out in Idaho, which he I guess is where the- He built a gold vault? They, he owns a really large gold company. Um, the, Kevin probably knows of them. We'll, we'll talk about them later. But um, they they built their vault. So that it's like a bank now. So you invest in, in vault go, gold and they, they have it in the vault under your name, I guess. I mean, it's like a bank. So, right. so they hold the gold for you in this maximum security vault that they built. I mean, they spent millions and millions of dollars to build this thing. And it's literally, he, he's invited me to go up there. I haven't gone yet to see the facility, but it's it's apparently just in the middle of nowhere. Like around take it is good, all farmland. Take good notes when you go. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll, <laughs> I'll do a video. I'll wear a body cam. Yeah, take a go, take a GoPro. You know, we'll pull our own. Wear, wear the GoPro on your head when you're walking through. 
This is just a for lot, curiosity purposes. A lot of Americans started putting their gold in Singapore. Why Singapore, is that? Because that became like the new Switzerland. Okay. And they started really? building gold vaults. Yeah, Americans and Europeans, yep. Hmm. Interesting. But since all this has happened, I think a lot of start to pull it out and looking for places in the United States. So I actually think that's a good business because there are any many vaults left. Yeah. So one of one of the, my favorite lines over the years, when I say over the years, is like well over a decade that I've heard from multiple sources is guys who say that the cigar business made them millionaires. You know, which you're like, oh, good for you. He goes, no, no, you don't understand. I used to be a multimillionaire. So, you know, what was the sadistic side of you that said you wanted to buy a cigar company? Yeah, it's a sadistic side. No. <laughs> <laughs> or should, I say, should I say the masochistic side of you? Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You guys were talking about being strapped to massage tables earlier, so I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, actually, um, what happened was I got involved. I've been smoking a long time. I've been smoking since I'm 19 years old. My grandfather got me into smoking. I'm, I turned 55 this year. So it's a pretty long time. God bless. Can you remember the first cigar you smoked? I think it was an Avo, actually. Wow. No. Yeah, that maybe. Was Avo around that long? Could be. Oh, White Owl for my grandfather. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. White Owl. White Owl fits the bill a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. No, I, didn't. I, I got confused for a sec. <laughs> well, okay. What was your first premium cigar? Was it an Avo? Yeah, it was an Avo. Avo. Avo was either my first or second. I really think my first cigar was a Royal Jamaica, back when they were actually made in Jamaica. The general product back in the day. This is the difference between us. My, my first cigar was... Um, what, what, yeah, what are those because Italian Italian cigars that we Toscanos or Denobli? Yeah, Toscanos, and then my first premium cigar, believe it or not, was a, a an acid Cuba Cuba. Now, yeah. Adam, yeah. Adam, you you won our poker tournament long before you started working for us, so you were yep. smoking cigars. That is correct. Who got you into cigars? Uh, it was my college buddies and I got into cigars, and my first real cigar was a Romeo and Julieta Reserva Real, and then we were really into Ambrosias for a while, and then we kind of merged off from that into more regular, you know, uh, natural, non-infused cigars. Right. You know, when Adam joined our team, we, we stole him from his high-level position at Starbucks. That's were you a manager? <laughs> what were you, Adam? No, he was a barista. That's awesome. Can you, giving, can you imagine giving Adam your order at Starbucks? What can I get you? <laughs> well, What's wait, he name? wasn't he wasn't at the register. He was just the guy in the back that was like steaming. No, he took orders. He took orders, didn't you? Oh, I was all over the place, yeah. Yeah, he took huh? orders. I think he I think Adam used to make my coffee. And then when listen, then when I hired him, they could never get my coffee right. So I'd have to send him over there to make sure they <laughs> did the coffee. I had to write down what he wanted because I knew the recipe. Wanted. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's funny. Wait, don't steam the milk too much. Hold on. Exactly. So, <laughs> so Karen, Steve tell us. Soy, not <laughs> how, did how did the transition from Wall Street happen into, to, into the cigar? I got street? bored of Wall Street. I mean, sometimes I got bored of it. I just needed a break. I was getting burnt out. I was getting burnt out from it. You know, so I was like, well, what can I do? I love cigars. I love people. So let me see if I can go into a cigar business. I got involved with somebody who it really doesn't matter. It was Avo's son, right? And things weren't working out. So I took over the company. Ronnie? No, not Ronnie. The other one. I took over the company and changed everything, pretty much. 
And this I was fifty percent uh, owner for about. I was fifty percent owner in two thousand and fourteen, okay. for about a was year the, and a half. Was the company already Rockefeller Cigars? So he originally wanted it to be like Avo Junior or something like that. But the other partner was married to a Rockefeller. His wife's name is Elise Rockefeller, so that's okay, so, how the name was able to be used. Okay, so I just want to be clear. Did they already have an existing company, or did you meet them and start a company with them? No, no, they already had an existing company. And their company was called what? Was it Rockefeller, Rockefeller Cigars? Rock, okay, Rockefeller Cigars. Okay. Vintage Rockefeller, actually, Vintage Rockefeller Cigar Group. Okay. A little complicated, but we'll run with it. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, so they approached you, or you approached them? So I was going to open a lounge right next to the Barclays Center. Retail. Pacific. Ooh. Retail. Oh, wow. Yeah. New York. Because I thought it was a good spot to do it. It was right by the metro. And I love cigars. I'm like, let me do that. So, and at the, the time, it was booming there. I mean, all, booming, every, booming. all the Victoria's Secret opened a place there. That neighborhood, 10 years before right. that, you couldn't drive through with your windows down. Correct. So it was booming. So I thought it was a good opportunity. And then I met one of the guys who worked for me. He's like, oh, why don't you talk to this guy? I was like, so I talked to him. I met him at the 2014 IPCPR trade show. And uh, went from there because I went down with a retailer there to learn about the uh, retailing part of the business. Right. In, in aspects of attempting to open a retail location. Exactly. Adam. Now, how big now were you going to go full liquor where it's just going to be straight lounge? So in New York. What was, was your idea? So in New York, unless your grandfather then it's a little tough to get a liquor license for a cigar mm -hmm. lounge. Right. So it's more BYOB. Mm -hmm. But I thought when everyone left the stadium, it was a perfect area for grab and go. Absolutely, and not to mention you get the uh, guys coming off a game. Who, who doesn't? All these NBA guys, they love cigars. Right. So we Great went. Opportunity. So we, I thought the rent was a little high, so we went back and forth on the rent, back and forth with the rent, and then I met this this guy and he introduced me. I was like, you know what? Maybe I should become a manufacturer, and let me learn about it by being a fifty percent owner. Oh. Okay. You know what I mean? So I figured I'd be able to learn about it. I figured why not buy somebody like him. Because one of three things could happen. Davidoff could sue us. They could buy us or join with us because of the name. So I was buying actually because of the name of who was running it, which was the first mistake. But, you know, you learn. So when you when you joined, were you 50% and the other two partners 50% or did you buy one of the two partners I bought out? the Rockefeller guy out. You bought the Rockefeller oh. guy out. Okay. So now you're in the cigar business, right? Yep. What was your first like, okay, wow. <laughs> I didn't expect this. Right. So I, I didn't know what went into it. And he was hiding a lot of it from me in the beginning, let's just say. So I couldn't really find out what was going on. And he was doing a lot of weddings and things like that, which is not what I really wanted to do. And we did do an event for Lawrence Taylor for his 56th birthday huh. at oh, Catch wow. in the City. We made a cigar for him, which I thought was a pretty good cigar that came out of Nicaragua. Right. The other ones were Dominicans that came out of Tobacco Lara L&B from Dick de la Cruz. Who was actually a production manager of Davidoff during those for 20 years back when Davidoff was when Avo was in the beginning with Davidoff. So I started seeing a lot of problems right away in the business because I bought companies before and so and I started seeing a lot of problems in the business immediately. I started seeing things were wrong. Then I started getting calls from people who work for them and I couldn't pay. And I mean, you can't do that. Yeah. Now, 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 was your were you in brick and mortar at the time, or were you just yeah? They were in brick and mortars. He was actually in a bunch of stores, but just in in, in that area or around the country. Around the, uh, well, not all around the country, but in that area and some stores in Texas and vice versa. All right, but mostly heavily like a local brand. Um, local, yeah, but he was in some other stores too. Definitely. So 
so that's that's later part of the story. But so what happened was, so I took it over. We got into a situation. I had to fix it. So I actually left Wall Street. I was 50-50 in and out. You know oh, what I mean? okay. But I said, you can't be halfway pregnant. So I got involved. <laughs> you can't. And Don't I, I know it. So I, I, I kind of say I'm halfway pregnant lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I sent you the wrong size shirt. Sorry about that. I keep, I keep, I keep saying to my kids, what are we going to name him? <laughs> <laughs> they look at me all cross-eyed. This is a real fun show. I got to tell you, I've been on a lot uh, of shows. It's fun. <laughs> Pandemic babies are coming out from everywhere. All right. <laughs> so anyway, wait, I lost my train of thought. So, so you were at 50, 50 in wall 50. street, right? 50, 50. I was half in wall street, half out, but I couldn't do that. So I couldn't get halfway pregnant. So I got involved. And the first thing I saw a bunch of situations going on, that I had to fix. Mm-hmm. Hence I had to fix trademark everything. I had to make sure all the debts were paid off in the company. So when I got it, I brought all the inventory down to zero. It was at zero. And the first thing I started doing was putting a buzz out there, going to the retail stores, tell them, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing, blah, blah, blah. Give me a shot. And I used to smoke a lot of those stores, so they did. You know what I mean? I was, I'm a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I wasn't sitting there begging. I can't even get into it, but I wasn't sitting there. And he burnt the brand locally. So I had to fix that brand. And I wow. did. And we're back at 90% of those stores. 90, 92% of those stores in New York. Now, where are your cigars currently being made? So two places, American Caribbean in Nicaragua, Jose Valdez, and uh, Tobacco LMV. That's where the Dominican Blue comes out, which is Victor de la Cruz in Dominican Republic. So I'm smoking the Rockefeller Maduro. This is a Lancero, which is delicious. I'm, I'm going to assume this is out of the Nicaraguan factory. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. American Caribbean. The Blue is out of the Dominican. Uh, Dominican. Yeah. Is that is that what I have, Abe? I, I didn't get a chance yeah. to smoke it last mm-hmm. night. That's a Dominican blue. Yeah. Smoking it right now. Awesome. It doesn't taste like a Dominican cigar either, and there's Dominican fillers in there. I took the two Lanceros, and I gave them the Dominican blues. Smart move. Not (laughs) fair. My size. Well, yeah, he's the Lancero. I sent you you guys a box of gold series. Well, But I I figured I have someone to give you from my house. I had some stuff, so I sent it out. That box of gold series. Well, let me let me just double check real quick before I open my mouth. But you know, later on in the show, we got to have Joe Grow call in. Let me see. Oh, it is up. Perfect. Later on in the show, we're gonna have Joe Grow call in because that Super KMA giveaway by Drew Estate, he's gonna do the live drawing. So that drawing ended yesterday. But if you look right now, we have a KMA Super giveaway from Rockefeller Cigars. We got the patches, the boxes, the shirts, the hats, an ashtray, and a cutter. All you got to do is subscribe to our KMA newsletter. Click on the link on our homepage. You'll be automatically entered to win that package. And uh, maybe we'll uh, do a live drawing again in a couple weeks and give that away to one of our lucky fans. So you're, the, the pa- we grabbed the loose stick so we could smoke, and then we took yeah. your package. We got a super giveaway um, up on our site, Kevin. So we're going to give away that beautiful package to one of our fans and listeners, all they got to do to enter is just go to our uh, uh website, and there's a place you can just enter your email, and you're automatically entered to win that prize. Awesome. Cool stuff. Yeah, Couldn't great. be easier. Could not be easier. We try, to, yeah. we try to spread the wealth a little bit. We appreciate your generosity, so we'd, mm-hmm. we'd like Excellent. to get them out there a little bit. But, yeah, so... Uh, Basically, what's it like working with Victor de la Cruz and the Dominican, or how, how has your experience been working with the factories 
as you've gone through this process as you took over 100% ownership? So, okay. So in the beginning, <clears throat> I didn't go into Nicaragua until I took it over. Mm -hmm. So I first went to Nicaragua. I've been there before. I've been to Managua before and stayed in somebody's mm -hmm. condo okay. a long time ago. But I never actually went to Esteli. So as I say before, when I went to Esteli, I felt like a kid in a candy shop, right? <laughs> but I better keep my fucking mouth shut and listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's I know nothing. Best, best you know what I, mean? I know nothing. But yeah, that is guys. the way to go into it, right? I mean, that's that's the way to learn. And I Don't think Pedro Morales was there, whoever it was. I think it was Pedro, and he was translating. And and I, I did say to him, though, I said, listen, I'm from New York. Why am I at your factory and not any other factories when there's about 10 more down the block? Mm -hmm. Right? And he took me around, introduced me to everything, and I thought it was great. And he had all my cigars window dressed when I walked in and a nice little thing. Wow. So, you know, so they made me feel at home. And I loved it because to me it was like when I traveled in the past, I loved it. You know, I think everybody from this country should see what it's like in a communist country to see how good they have it. That's just my feeling. And I love meeting the people. I love the people in the factories. And I, I just I just really enjoyed it. Like I said, I was a kid in a candy shop. I, I, totally, I, I totally get that because as, as, you know, first generation American, son of immigrants, Right. I, th I, I, I've always believed that people who come from other countries really a lot of times have a much more deeper appreciation for what is here in the United States of America and what the U S has to offer. I think sometimes, I think it's a lot of times the people who are born here just take it for granted. And unless you really travel and see how some other parts of the world lives, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, I love Facebook because everybody crying and rights and freedoms and yeah nothing's a perfect world but man but until you see how some people live in other parts of the world man sometimes it, that puts a whole different perspective on things yeah i agree you know my dad my dad left everybody he knew i mean, I mean they're all big families my dad's got nine brothers and sisters right <laughs> cousins and and you know in the middle east if you're christian you're all related pretty much at this point right <laughs> because you know there's 90 95 percent muslim so if you're christian you're all related so a huge he left there and came here and only had one brother who was studying at the University of Chicago to be a doctor, didn't know anybody. In fact, he never seen snow. When he got here, he was he was trapped in the little dormitory wherever my uncle was staying for two weeks because he couldn't go outside. He didn't even have wow. clothes. And, you know, he was just miserable. He almost went back. Wow. Yeah, he knew wow. nobody here. And he would he would ne he would never, never come to this country. He loves this country. So, yeah. and I think it's a different mentality sometimes. I see it. So I definitely know where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I mean, my mother's family was from Russia. My father's family was from Germany, and they were kicked out of Russia by the czar back then from Belarus, from Minsk. And as it goes, my mother was born in Canada and had me here. So, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, this is good so, stuff. So, you know, you, you bought the company in 2017. Obviously, it was a lot of bumpy roads, right? You yes. re rebuilt it. 2016. 16, sorry. And, and and you're rebuilding now. Now, how many are these the only two lines you have or what what are the what are the what's the portfolio of the cigars right now? So we have a whole Maduro line with about seven Maduros. Two of them are event only, so about five. The the Habanos, we have five. This is Nicaraguan. Is this like zero event only or is that regular production? It's regular production. So the Habano we have about we have five in that, two of them are event only, and the Connecticut, we have five, two of them are event only. Then we have the Gold Series and the Box Press, which is, you know, we didn't make a Toro in the Maduro because we made the Gold Series Box Press. Then we yeah. have the, go ahead. You have four, I was just saying, is that it? You had four distinct lines? 
Yeah, then we have the Dominican line. So he used to make cigars at the Dominican Republic. I went down there and worked with him, and we came out with Dominican Blue. So Dominican Blue comes in a short permit, in a bundle, a Maduro box press that we introduced at TPE, and, uh, and a Toro 6x52 Blue, which he has. And we have about 32 different Vitolas from the Dominican Republic. So I, pl- I plan on bringing those Vitolas out with different factories. So let me ask you, because you probably could be, and if I'm mistaken, Paul may correct me, but you could be the youngest brand owner as far as company-wise that we've had on the show, right? So well, Thanks you, for your compliment. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, how, how are you foreseeing the future with predicate dates and FDA and, and, and you know, I mean, because, you know, the whole company basically post-predicate. So when I bought the company... I called three people, right? I called Glenn Loop. I called, um, uh, what's his name? Soretsky. Arthur? And I called Arthur, yeah. Well, that was the first place I ever smoked at on 38th, right. on, on uh, 9th Avenue, 38th. Yeah, it was Midtown location. Wow. Yeah, back when I was younger. They taught me about smoking, so yeah. And then it was De La Concha with Lionel and George. But yeah, I started at uh, Famous when they were a little shop. So, all right, uh, go ahead. What were you saying again? Well, I mean, how are you, how, how do you, you said you were called Glenn Lubler. How are you foreseeing the future? How, what, how, what's the depth of your concern? So I called them to ask them that question. Am I out of my mind buying a cigar company, putting a hundred percent into it with the FDA? And Soretsky said, yeah, you're out of your mind. But I did, I it, had, any, I I did had, it anyway, cause I like challenges. Yeah. So the first thing I did was that sounds like him. With, <laughs> yeah. Hook up with an FDA lawyer. I hooked up with an FDA lawyer. And uh, I started learning all about it and saying, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. So repackaged everything. And it turns out that rule went away. So we were okay with the repackaging rule. So I just went with it. I just went with it. My only fear with the FDA, again, they're bureaucrats, they're industry agnostic. They don't care. It could be anything. It could be rivets. It could be cigars. I mean, they're industry agnostic, in my opinion. My only fear is that the FDA takes away the creativity of this industry. Because that's what this industry, I think, is built on, at least going forward with the micro blends or whatever you want to call them, but boutique blends. And that would hurt the industry tremendously. Absolutely. It would. Everything we're doing is predicate. So the Dominican factory has been around since 2004. American Caribbean's predicate tobacco. And, um, and the last part of it was everything I make going forward now, the first question I ask them is, is I'm, I want to use predicate tobacco. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good way all to right. go. So the other thing is, after uh, after you bought all this, after you bought 100 percent of the company, are you doing your own distribution now, uh, or did you get a sub distributor to help you know ship out all the product? So we have a warehouse in Miami, okay. on Bird Road. We have a warehouse in New York in Lindenhurst, who's a distributor. Yeah, right by your hometown. Yeah, literally. I, I know it well. <laughs> right off of Hoffman Avenue. Oh yeah. I, I had an apartment there for a, a very brief period of time. Right. Oh, cool. So, so we're looking, um, and I can't really talk about it, we're talking to somebody else possibly about, we were looking at an airport hangar that was a bonded warehouse mm. on the west coast of Florida and possibly having a warehouse over there. Good for you. Not like we know people who are on the west coast of Florida or anything. <laughs> right. It's really funny because everybody's trying to correct me on, on, on our chat, right? 
Um, they think Mike Bellady was younger. Mike Bellady was absolutely in the business before 2017. In fact, he had a whole other company. This is his second time go around, right? And then Risty, Risty was definitely selling cigars directly to consumers before 2017. So to everybody who's chatting, what was names, wait? What but, was your statement, Abe? That he's the youngest. I think he's the, the youngest brand owner. I mean, as far as he, if he bought it in 2016. No, we had that guy. Uh, uh, who was the old uh, head of CAO on who just started his company in January or February of this oh, year? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but Mickey Pegg's company. Mickey. Yeah, Mickey. yeah, yeah. That would definitely be the newest. Yes. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about him. That was a proper correction. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do also have an Ask KMA uh, for Kevin. It comes from Boston Jimmy. He wants to know if you're chomping at the bit to get back out on the road. Chomping on the bid. I'm dying to get back on the road. So we <laughs> yeah. tra- I traveled 190 days last year. Wow. Or 197. My wife did all the numbers. She was looking at it. You've got two young kids. It wasn't refreshing to be home for Yeah, it was very refreshing for three months. <laughs> 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 I mean, the last tour I was on was, or tour, whatever, it was Atlanta, North Carolina, uh, Maryland, and came back up. And I was like, because my wife was worried. I was actually going to go back down to Florida. But my wife was worried they were going to shut the shut the bridges. So I was like, I'm coming home. Trap, yeah. So I, yeah, I didn't want to take the chance of her having with the kids alone and everything. How many retail doors are you in, Kevin? About 130 now. It's not bad. 130, yeah. You travel all over to do events? All over, yeah. I tried to meet you twice. I missed you both times. You were down here in Florida? Yeah, I was at your shop. So a guy who I was friends with since I'm five years old knows you and wrote on our chat, Lee Elman. Lee, Lee Elman from Elman. Cigar TV. Oh yeah, you know what? I, you know what? Um, and Megan used to work for you for a brief I, time. Yes, yep. and, and she and died. I, I just saw that today. I didn't, I didn't even know. Wait, what? I didn't. Okay, we had, we had, we, they, they had a TV show, and then we were in the process of trying to find a producer. And I think they might have been the. No, there were you, you when you when we hired you. There was only one girl, right? Yeah, but so Megan I think, I, was I Megan was the one. Well, okay, because sometimes she came with her husband, so I did. Yeah. and I met Lee a couple of times. Okay, so I saw Lee make a post today, and he says, "Oh, my two worlds colliding," you know, Kevin and Abe, whatever. And I didn't recognize him off the bat, and he said, "And he says, man, I wish Megan was still alive to see it." And I went to look at her profile, and I recognized her, and I didn't even know what to say what happened she died when she was 36 i think or something like that she was at the house and um actually it was weird i was in florida at the time but he was crushed so i couldn't go see him i've known him since i'm five years old him my mom rest his soul and his mother were best friends just just out of the blue or was she did she have an ailment uh, something I think with lack of potassium, I'm not sure. Oh my God! Well, so, yeah. Lee, Lee, if you're listening, uh, our deepest condolences, man. Honestly, it was, I was in yeah. shock when I read that. I, I was actually driving in the car on the way here, and I saw that, and I was I was blown away, blown away. Yeah, so that's the that's the first time I heard about your show, and that wow. was right after I took over the company. Yeah, yeah. On on you know what? On that note, let's take a break, Adam. We'll come back out. Absolutely. Um, back. Now let's uh, have a brief. Uh, Clip from our sponsors. Yeah. Hang on one second. Oh. Unlock yeah, the screen. Unlock screen. Okay, here we go. Jeez, Paul. 
Hey everyone, Susan Giorgio here. Hi, this is Rich coming at you from South Florida. Hi, I'm Tom Stroud. Hey, it's Stephen Martin coming to you from Seattle, Washington. Hey everybody, I'm Jennifer True. Hey everyone, this is Alex Ryan. I'm a poker player, a dominoes player, a world traveler. I like to go sailing, hit the golf course, and drink some wine. I am a mother, I am a content creator. I'm also a husband, a father, and someone who really enjoys great cigars. Enjoying a Monte Cristo. In fact, the 50th anniversary Monte Cristo, a special limited edition. My favorite cigar, Monte Cristo Epic. Please take this opportunity to smoke one of our amazing Monte Cristo cigars. The Monte by Monte being my personal favorite. I am Monte Cristo. I am Monte Cristo. I am Monte Cristo. We, we are Monte, Monte Cristo. Cristo. And we're back, Adam. All right. Welcome back to KMA Talk Radio. Welcome to this wonderful edition of KMA Talk Radio, broadcasting live in the quarantined edition. I am Adam K., the Brewmeister. As always, of course, with me, Mr. Honest Abe. Good morning, everybody. Or afternoon, almost. Uh, almost there. the afternoon. Get in there. Uh, our producer, Mr. Paul. Hi. And, of course, our special guest, our Mitra maker for today, Mr. Kevin Schweitzer. Of Vintage Rockefeller Cigars. Kevin, thank you once again for being here. It's been a pleasure to talk to you so far. Um, so, Vintage Rockefeller, that's kind of a big name. Did you ever think after you bought the company of, you know, changing that at all? Or did you just want to go with that? Or, or just feel like you, it had a base to go with? So, you can play on Rockefeller a couple of ways, right? Mm -hmm. So, there's an, uh, actually a new marketing thing we're coming out with, which I've used these three months to work on. So we have our classic line of Rockefellers, hence Rockefellers are one of the four big names of the United States, as we know. And the other part of it is the whole Illuminati side. Mm -hmm. That I'm thinking really? about doing something. Yeah. Now, you know, every, everyone right away with the conspiracy thing and all that. Does somebody do an Illuminati cigar? So, yeah. So Dion, okay. I actually reached Dion, out to Dion yeah. and asked him if he wanted to work on a cigar with me. I sent him an email, if he's listening. I, I sent him an email but he was worried about all the FDA blends and everything, and I don't blame him. But that got me in touch with another factory, which I'm not going to name right now, that I'm working on a cigar with. Oh, cool. There's yeah, a lot of not name namings going on with this. Well, it's Rockefeller. So. <laughs> 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 What's, I like what, things to be a surprise, that's all. What, speaking of surprises, what was the biggest surprise to you when you became a brand owner that you just didn't realize you know, before you got to like get... Like as a consumer, curtain? yeah. Yeah, as a consumer before you got to the other side of the curtain. So, you know, I love smoking cigars. Again, I said I love the people because it's like a culture, the whole cigar thing. Yeah. But when I actually started making cigars, I was like, wow, there's a lot that goes into this. That was a big surprise. You know what I mean? You don't just take it out of cellophane and smoke it, which I didn't <laughs> think so. A lot goes into blending. A lot goes into making sure that the right cigar appeals to everyone. A lot goes into having the right sizes, having the right Vitolas that they're going to want. And that's changing constantly. If you try to spreadsheet it, it's close to impossible because yeah. it's constantly changing. Did you ever go down to a factory as a consumer? No, I did not. Yeah. So that, Looking that, back, I wish I did. Yeah, it was. It's, it's that's pretty much the number one statement I hear from anybody who does a trip the first time. There's not realizing in depth how many hands have to be involved from 
seed seed the seedling to plant the tobacco to fermentation to a final product of a cigar that goes into a box and sell in a box it's a it's a pretty arduous process so yeah it's it's the number one comment i get from anybody who finally makes a trip to go down there and that's why things like the like the hand-rolled movie and things like people i think you you gain a much bigger appreciation i mean i'm not i'm not starting a brand anytime soon but but for me you know looking at this and and enjoying it i to me it makes makes me feel like i i I enjoy it a lot more knowing the hard work that goes into something like this it's like a it's like a good wine it's really the same the same comparison there's a lot of of parallels between the cigar and the the wine industry well that's why sommeliers are trained you know my wife is a she's only a level two but she she was trained on is that like a yellow belt or a green belt Level two I'm, never I'm, expires. I'm just trying to get a, I'm just Mo- trying to get a, a, you know, bearing on what a level two means. There's four like, levels. Brown belt. The first level expires after a period of time. The second level is a certified sommelier. Most people you see in restaurants are a level one. There's a level three and a level four. Level four is a master. I think there's like 200 masters in the country, and and I think six of them are women, something like that. And and yeah, one of them is level? is our friend that's in, at the breakers. Is that the highest level? Yeah, yeah. Or, there's two different types of there's two different types of wine certifications too. There's the the court of sommeliers, which is the kind of the old school one, and then there's a, a newer one. Stephanie is tech, technically, I believe, took both tests, um, but she has the one, this level two. Is one less prestigious than the other? Yeah, the court of sommeliers is the is the big one. That's that's, that's what the she big is. One. Yeah, that's the more. This well, introduction no. to wine brought to you by William Sonoma. <laughs> William Sonoma, come on. But how about like, Stag's Leap, maybe? <laughs> you know, what, uh, you know yeah. what else is amazing to me? All the generations that have gone into the cigar blending, right? Like, I mean, I've smoked Cuban cigars in the past. I think my favorite was the Lonsdale, the Gloria Habana number two. That's pretty much discontinued, but back in the day, it was amazing, right? So, all those generations of Cuban growers, like. Jose Valdez is a fourth generation Cuban grower. And when I met him in Nicaragua, it was incredible. You would hand him a leaf and he knows immediately what it is. And I'd like to say my palate's gotten better over the last three and a half years. But I'm always learning. I mean, right. These guys have been doing it their whole entire lives. They, they, all their relatives have. I wonder why no one's done like a cigar master's class. Yeah. They should offer a cigar master's class. Well, like I said, they... they they do cigar tasting in the in the sommelier world, but it's a very very small portion of what of what they do, and I think it's slowly starting to be phased out. But yeah, I mean they, they do it for beer, right? They become a, a master a master cigar uh, aficionado or something. That that would be cool. Somebody's gonna take that idea now. We trademark it quick. Wait, 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 wait hold on. Already, already exists. I want to I want to clarify something because actually Tanya's watching the show yeah when, when you said when you said 200 is that in the world or is that just the u.s i believe it's in the u.s oh okay yeah there's more than that's that still impressive that's still impressive i mean yeah. i mean that's you know it's four per state average you know there's, there's a great so I, there's there's two great documentaries on if you want to learn about this there's two great documentaries about people going to take the master class and and stephanie's friend virginia from the breakers is on it uh, it's called Psalm on Netflix, and there's there's a second one. I forget what it's called. It's something Psalm, you know, Psalm Two or something like that. Who, but it's who, awesome. Who's the youngest master for sommelier? Do you know I, that? I don't know. 
okay. That I don't know. I, listen, I'm I, I'm not claiming to know to know all this stuff about it. I just know what I hear her talking about. And and I remember when she was going through the the, the tasting for the level or the testing for the level two man. It is stressful. I mean, we had a we had a big celebration, a big night out. You know, went went to to a, a place that has a wine list that's that's le- legit like this big. La Serena in West Palm, if you've ever been there, Abe. You ever yeah. see their wine list? They yep. have they have a huge cellar there. Dude, I've been there. That's the one on Southern, right? Yeah. No, no, no. That's on Dixie. A Dixie. Yeah. I get off on Southern, then you got to go down. Yeah. I mean, it's literally not in a great neighborhood. Some no, no, no. Walk. They have a security yeah. guard outside walk. watching your car. Yeah, yeah. watching your car. Yeah. I've eaten there three or four times. Phenomenal restaurant. Not oh, yeah. easy to get to. No. Um, some of the best food I've had down here. Excellent. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. I, you know what's funny is, I probably I went there three or four times, and it had to be in the first five years I lived in Florida. I for, I forgot all about that restaurant. Well, they're only open seasonally. It's hard to get in there. Yeah, the I owners forgot. are amazing people. We've we've met them. They're, it's just and they're and they're old school servers. People, you know that. When love you their guys job. you guys dehibernate, we'll 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 do a dinner there. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of food, uh, so Kevin, as a guy who lives in New York, what's your favorite place to go in New York? An Italian restaurant called Volare on what's Fourth Street. It's like an old school one room mob Italian restaurant. It's phenomenal. I like yeah. that family style type of food. It's been there a long, long time. That's one of my favorite restaurants. All right. More importantly, what's your favorite pizza in New York? Ooh, that's tough. That's I, mean, I used tough. to love. I used to love Ray's Pizza. I did the original Ray's. The original Rays, and then Ben's Pizza, which is right off of West 4th Street downtown. I used to love that. And there was an Ultimate Pizza on the Upper East Side that I liked a lot. Then there's Umberto's in New Hyde Park in Long Island that I love. I actually think he has a place in Florida, right? Fort Lauderdale? I or, think so. Or Boca? Oh, does he? No, I didn't know that. Okay. They claim he sends water tanks down. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> one, one of my favorite pizzas was Joe's down by Soho. Oh, you're talking about Joe's when you come up Sixth Avenue on the left-hand side that everyone would go to at three o'clock in the morning. Yep. Uh, yeah. Good. They good call. Good at three o'clock in the morning, though, anything tastes good. No. But yeah. But I, used to, I used to go to those oh two brothers' pizza pizza windows at, at two o'clock in the morning. In the in many Rome. nights, I was at Joe's. They're yeah. lined up. They're lined up in the afternoon there. I mean, it's, it's a good place. Uh. So that, Kevin, that, that and Wohop that we all would go to at four o'clock in the morning in Chinatown whoa. on Mott Street. Back in the day, you remember that? Oh, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't my stomping grounds. I'm totally a New York tourist. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it totally was mine, but I don't, I don't know Wohop. Yeah, Wohop. If I was, if I was over there, I was, I was over at. Uh, I was, if I was over there, I was always at Lamela. I couldn't stay out of Lamela. Next time you're there, Paul, you're gonna have to go check it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Kevin, have you been doing a lot of cooking since you've been quarantined for three months, or is the wife do a lot of cooking? Is that something? Well, my wife is a holistic nutritionist. Oh, and really? She's, and she's vegan. Obviously, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. But she Your is. Your wife is vegan? Go ahead, what? Say his wife was vegan? Yeah. Yeah. Who oh, is that living with a vegan? She's probably watching this at some point, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But when you're, I mean, when you're not <laughs> vegan, it's got to be difficult. That's what I'm saying. Going out to now, she's really cool about what I like. She wants to view her ways the way she is. You know what I mean? She's well, all about she's all about clean eating. Most of the time, guys who say, "Well, my girlfriend or my wife's a vegan," well, that just makes me a vegan. No, I'm not a vegan. 
she didn't, okay. did she try to convince Had too many cases of gout over the years to be a vegan and work on it. <laughs> did she try to convert you to the dark side? Yeah, it didn't happen. Didn't oh, she happen. did, though. Okay. Yeah. Can, can <laughs> absolutely. I mean, she's got to get an A for effort. An E for effort. Absolutely. So do you eat separate dinners when you're home now? No, like, no. We still eat the same dinners. So you'll eat She's not that food. crazy, like worrying if there's like meat in the house or around. You know what I mean? Okay. I just respect that she's that way, and I'm not. No, but that's has, awesome. Has she converted the kids to veganism at all, or anything, or? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, she oh, has. So you're out. So you're outnumbered. My son's now turning twelve, so that's slowly changing. It seems to me. Ah, so it, are you guys giving him the option, or is how he can do what he going? wants? He's twelve years old. Like she said, he's free to make his own choices. Wow, that oh. is an interesting dynamic. I, I don't know seriously. how I would be able to deal with that. Like, I mean, we don't eat a lot of red meat in my house, but like, you know, every couple of weeks we we go and buy nice steaks at Whole Foods or something, and we, you know, Dude, it's it. not even about steak. It's a bouillonnaise sauce. It's a hamburger. Everything. Yeah. It's an Italian sausage. It's not even just like chicken. solid steaks. Yeah, we yeah, we, well, we live chicken, on uh, chicken breasts. Chicken. I I could skip chicken in my protein universe. Yeah, it's boring. Yeah, chicken is boring. Wow. But the thing is, if I have too much steak, then I got a gout problem, right? So it's like, you know, I got to be careful. Wow. All right. I, I'd be, I, we could do a whole show just, just talking to you and your wife about how that dynamic works. Yeah, I, I, want, imagine, I want updates on the kids. I want to see how they handle yeah. it, you know, because you know, sooner or later they get more and more aware of what their friends are eating. They're like, Oh, what is that? That's pepperoni on so a pizza? So my son's with a girl, and she's ordering a pepperoni pizza. He's yeah. Gonna eat. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been married, Kevin? We're going on year 13. God she, bless. Good she's been a Thank vegan you. the whole time? Yeah, so no. Oh, no. Okay. Because I was going to say, <laughs> so, if you knew going into it. Steak when she was pregnant, getting her a steak at uh, Smith & Malinsky. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Great that steak. Day. I only did it because you took me there. Okay. <laughs> One of our top fans, Allison, wants to know if there's going to be a Rockefeller slash magician cigar. <laughs> yeah, that's coming, actually. Yes, you pay for it at the counter and it disappears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, don't think you're off the hook. We're going to have coupon here soon, and that's the time for you to go figure out what magic trick you want to do. I didn't think I was off the hook. Oh, okay, good. Good. He's already see. He's already. He's still thinking. Yes. Yes. So what? What is the plan now, Kevin? Are you Are you making plans to travel at this point, or is it too soon? Yes, I'm making. It's a little soon. I mean, New York's pretty much shut down. Yeah. I was at a place the other day. The police came in. So yeah. So New York's pretty shut down, as you know. It was pretty bad over here. Yeah. And it's slowly. It's slowly opening up. Do they have Rhode Island? Have they announced phases in New York? Yeah, they're going to start the phases. Long Island, Long Island went to phase one last week. But it's not so the it's same tough. as our phase one. My parents, you know, no, my, it's my not. folks are still there. It's it's a lot, it's a lot more shut down, Abe, than than what we're going through here. Really, I mean, it's, it's still shut down here, but it's a lot more right now. I oh, know our our buddy Michael Herklotz was posting photos the other day of walking down around downtown New York and just empty streets everywhere, not a car to be seen for miles. I and saw that. Was he using? How do you see his post? You're not even on Facebook. Instagram. Oh, yeah. oh Instagram. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he was. Did he have like an ascot as a mask? Is that what he was using? <laughs> First of all, that he said he's never worn an ascot. 
Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> I'm always going to make that joke because he just, an ascot would just be so fitting. <laughs> I mean, look, if I said, hey, I saw Michael Herklotz, he was wearing an ascot the other day, nobody would be like, really? I mean, it's like, yeah, all right. We should send him a custom KMA ascot. Oh, we I'm, should you know, do that's that. A, that's a great idea. With the little blue waves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. He'd That's wear it. He'd wear it oh, if it came he, from you. He'd so wear it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He'd wear it. He's one of the only, he's one of the only guys that I really personally know that can probably get away with it. Hundred percent. Other than Skip Martin. But you think no, Skip Martin could wear an ascot? No, no, dude, you you with his with his with his barefoot sandals? No, it was a joke. Dude, you guys, you guys, you and Mike Bellity and and Skip. Uh, if anybody was paying attention to what's going on on Facebook, man, you guys really got into it yesterday. It was just our friendly love banter. I don't know. It seemed to be a little bit. It was getting a little, a little harsh there for a while. I'm wondering if Skip will come on when we, when we do the studio show. At this, I'm point. gonna guess maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna guess maybe not. I, especially not after yesterday. Yeah, hey, it's okay. Uh, invitation's still there. Of course, of course. Invitation's still there. Anyway, uh, yep. yes. Go no, ahead. Say, so, Kevin, anything on the, you know, anything planned? Do you look at anything? Are you still, is there any plans to hit the road? Or yes, yeah, so I plan to- on going up to Rhode Island, up through Connecticut and Rhode Island in a couple of weeks. Then I plan on going to probably to Texas because we're pretty big in Dallas, Fort Worth. So I plan on going down to Texas. Great area. Big, actually, yeah. big cigar area. Very big cigar area. Yeah. Are you flying or driving? I would like to fly. I mean, I'm not afraid to fly. Are you not afraid to fly? No. I'm still not sure if I'm comfortable flying yet. And and it's it's not that I'm worried about the contact thing. I'm kind of over the contact thing. You know, if I ever feel like I've touched something or whatever, I just wash my hands or sanitize my hands. But it's the recycling of the condensed air. So I read about that, and they said the air. So they said the air is better than in a building because when it comes back into the plane, it's filtered. Right. Yeah, I don't know about that because everybody I always know always gets sick when they fly. Yeah, I've been sick too when I cold. fly. They, you know, I mean, just you know, I don't know about that. That's well, because you're so close to everybody, though. It's it's because you're you're packed into a tin can. They're not they're not selling middle seats still in a lot of on a lot of planes that that do that on Southwest when you fly. They only you sell could a not certain... put a middle seat. I'm still two inches from the guy. Oh, that's me. that's true. Well, you wouldn't see. You and don't sit you, in middle seats anyway. I know, but what do you do in first class? There is no middle seat. Right, so they, they're far enough away, I guess. I don't know. In first class? No, they're not. Get the hell out of here. So that, see, here's an interesting phenomenon. It was 2,200,000 uh, flyers a day, according to TSA, before COVID started. It went to a low of 77,000. Last week, around Memorial Day, it was up to 277,000. Wow. So people right. are flying. It's coming back. Little by little. I mean, but we're there flying. Aren't many, there aren't as many flights out there. Yeah. I'm sure eventually the airline tickets are going to go sky high. We're but flying yes. up to Long Island, and at the end of June, we're still planning on doing it. Yeah. With the kids. I got. I, I got. I got to believe the airline industry is going to need a bailout. I just don't know how they survive well, this. You know, one one key thing. Speaking for to a market guy, uh, although it's not commodities, is Warren Buffett dumped out of all the airline stocks that he was such a big proponent of the last few years. So that's that scares me because I own some airline stock. So that not, was probably the bot. That was probably the bottom, right? Right, because Richard Miller said turned around and said he likes them. 
that was that was probably the bottom of the airline and in, in the airlines that he puked is like made off at the bottom in 2008. Right, right. I mean, the you know what I mean? Southwest and Delta, they're still Delta's, eh, but but Southwest is still okay. I mean, I lost a, you know my shirt on it, but I'm not getting rid of it yet. I think it'll come back. Yeah, I do too. I think Southwest eventually has to buy somebody like Spirit, but yeah. Oh, please. Pro, let, but yeah. Them, let them buy Spirit, man. Oh, God, what a horrific airline. Oh. American is the one I'm worried about. They have $34 billion in debt. That's the one I'm worried about. I don't know if American will survive. And as far as I'm concerned, it's the worst airline. Yeah, me too. I can't stand them. And Abe agrees with me now. He used to be an American guy. Yeah, I had I had issue. Well, I just don't like the miles program that I have with them. They they suck. I I don't have a I don't have a problem with American as far as flying American. I've always had good experiences flying American. I've never had a bad experience flying American. But the miles program really was bad. So Delta maybe Delta. I got I got like two million miles parked on it. I think I used, I I, I think I used uh, eight hundred nine hundred thousand of them for our trip in December, which I haven't canceled yet. Um. It's going to wait and see how that climate goes. Okay. Whether, you know, that's going to be a 15-hour flight. Oh, <laughs> uh, that might be long. Yeah, see, I have a two-and-a-half-hour flight to Long Island book. Yeah. I just got to see where the climate's at. I mean, look, even if they come out with some – look, you know, my other I – mean, my personal opinion, totally no, no professional opinion here. But, like, I don't think they've really figured out how to really treat it. I think they're just throwing stuff at it, and some stuff works, and some stuff don't. But I would even feel better if they would just had a, a solid known treatment and how to deal with it if people get it. You know, yeah. forget the vaccine, you know, or the cure. Just even a solid treatment. But everybody's fighting every day on how to treat it still. You know. Yeah, I mean, Bill Miller. I mean, Bill Miller, not Richmond. Bill Miller is usually good at the bottom. You know what I mean? And, okay. and they're probably cheap. Question is, oh, how yeah. long will it take for them to come back, and if they need more money? Right. All right. You can wait six years, but that's that's uh, the whole yeah. long stock game. Yeah, and, we get, we have your friend best, on. I know, and this is the best advice we can give you on the stock market on KMA Talk Radio from our friend Kevin here. Uh, <laughs> and this is all, the only advice you're probably ever going to get on the stock market on KMA Talk Radio. But now joining us uh, once again from his luxury dining room. Loop, what's happening, buddy? Hey, guys. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? Hey, Coop. What's up, brother? I got to just weigh in on an airline comment. Is there any airline that's good? I mean, seriously. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, they're, so, so, they're all yeah. terrible. I, mean. so I, like, I like Copa. Copa is an international Latin airline, obviously, right now because Latin's having a lot of problems. But Copa really has no debt. And the rules are different in Latin America. They can turn around and fire everybody tomorrow. Right. There's no unions. So, you know, yeah. Kevin's talking about it in a money fashion, and Coop's talking about it in a customer service fashion. Customer right, fashion, right. Delta. Delta. Right. Right, yeah. I mean, it's uh, at least domestic airlines. I, I, I should say, when I flew to Sweden, I had a very good experience on on that airline. So, why, but I only flew once. Why is it the worst, like literally managed industry? It seems like to me. I think Cigar Aficionado had an article one year. Yes, yes uh, they did. On the cover, the worst run industry. Why is it so bad? I mean, I you look at regulation could be a big reason why. I mean, look at any reg, a lot of regulated industries. I mean. Now the cigar industry is heading that way, but but you think about um, you know healthcare, right? They're all when they're regulated, it's just much more difficult to run it. Right. Hey Coop, I just got to ask: Is any of that real fruit? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. 
How long has the fruit been there, I have to ask? Yeah. Um. Well, we've been in this house. 1972. <laughs> we're in this house 12 years, so it's been in this area for 12 years. Who Who cleans all that? Doesn't that have to be dusted constantly? Yeah, my, my wife. Regularly. Wow. Yeah. You know what's funny? Is, <laughs> Go ahead. Did anybody see the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode? Uh, yes, with the fake season? fruit. With yeah. the fake fruit, they, everybody keeps breaking their teeth. So we're at Jeff and Tanya's house, and they had this bowl of fake fruit. Well, I don't even know it was fake. It was in the kitchen, so it possibly could have been real, you know. But my daughter's like, "Yeah, after watching that episode, I won't touch fruit anymore." In bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm oh. touching fruit in people's bowls. I have my job it. <laughs> All right, Coop, what's happening in the news this week? Uh, so the big news came out of Europe this week, and uh, another another trade show has been canceled. This time it's the Inner Tobacco uh, 2020 trade show, which was scheduled for September 15th. Um, that has been canceled. Um, so that basically leaves the rest of 2020 without a major trade show for the cigar industry right now. And how do you think the industry is going to respond to not having any trade shows going forward at this point? I mean, what are they going to do or how are they going to respond? I think they're going to respond in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, so I think some companies will do business as usual. I think some companies will go very uh, virtual. I think guys like Kevin, they're going to be hitting the road, obviously, doing, once they can and doing a lot more things. And I think the big question is going to be when we come out of this is can the industry survive without a trade show? Like if companies can show they do, they can do business going forward. They may look at this and say, well, why do I need to spend a lot of money on a trade show? That's just not, that's just not in this industry. Let me tell you something. First off, I actually heard that there's a couple companies that are going to do like a tour, like a mini trade show this summer, like a couple cities around the country, a couple companies are getting together. So the problem is, that's true in all industries. So take a look at Paul's example, right? Has your company slowed down, Paul? Not at all. It's actually okay. I'm I'm we're probably and up five percent so month over month in the last two months. How does your boss, the owner of the company, not say, What am I paying a warehouse for? What am I have all this sort? There's a lot of companies that are gonna realize after this, right? That the spaces and the offices and the places are not as relevant as you thought about. So, I, 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 you know, in business, a lot of businesses are going to change the format and how it's done. And the PCA may be a victim of that. I don't know. I think there's still a lot of, there's still too many people passionately supportive of the PCA. So I I, I find, I, I believe that in 2021, there will, one without a doubt, be a PCA trade show. To what extent it'll be. To what level will be, who who will be involved, we have yet to see. Yeah, I think um, I think that's a really good point as far as that goes. I don't I don't think like I said I don't think there'll be no trade show next year. Um, I I do think there's some questions in my mind if if TPE will go off in January. Um, I think we'll know in the next few weeks, like go, you know heading into the past the summer, what will happen with that, but. You know, but I think conventions are on the back burner entirely right now in Las Vegas from from everyone I've talked to. Absolutely. So what else was going on this week, Coop? Um, so interesting, you were kind of just talking about what companies are going to be doing. And one company that I think is 
really been prepared for this, and, and they were probably prepared for this because they weren't going to the trade show anyway, is Drew Estate right now. So Drew Estate is essentially doing what they do every year. They, they do a series of daily product announcements that would lead up to the trade show, and they've taken the time now to do those to start rolling out those product announcements over the past week right now. And I think they're doing a really good job at it. So they've announced uh, three things have come out in the last week. First was the uh, the announcement that they're going to start um, doing virtual rents around Year of the Rat, which is um, actually Cigar Day introduced a TPA. So Year of the Rat's like one of these, uh, Abe, you call it the Facebook cigars, I guess, hard to get. Yeah. But apparently it's going to be, yeah, but they are going to be rolling them out and through virtual events right now. Um, so that's a yeah, pretty- but I but I heard it's like four boxes of cigars. What are you gonna do at an event with four? This is my problem with yep, their yep. model, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I I'm not even doing it. My I'm not even doing it because who am I making happy with four boxes of cigars? I mean, look, right now okay. I got 46 people watching the show live at this moment. What am I gonna do with 46 people now? I mean, it's just. Right. That's yeah. the model I don't like. And I don't care what they say. It's, 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 it's problematic for a retailer. For me as a retailer, that causes me more problems than it does, you know, to make a cool event. A cool event for me is when everybody walks away happy, even if they didn't get something, right? Or at least if they wanted to, they could have. But when you got a lot of people who walk away disappointed, how does that work? I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I haven't seen what they rolled out with the events yet. I know. I think Jeff's having his at yeah. tonight. Yeah, I so saw that. Ad. To see what's going to happen with that. But uh, but they are but they are nonetheless. I mean, they they are kind of kicking this off at least with a series, and they're doing a lot of virtual events. Drew Estate. Um, well, their team, Drew Estate's got a great team, right? So they, they, they do. I think without a doubt they have the best grasp of marketing and social media and leveraging their weight and their talent. And, and uh, I think companies like Drew Estate will benefit greatly from the current climate more than other companies. If you haven't figured out how to communicate, especially during the lockdown and whatnot, you know, it's easily to be forgotten in this industry. Yeah, and remember that Drew Estate wasn't going to the trade show anyway with Davidoff, Altidus, and General. And, right. and I'm not trying to knock the other three companies, but it seems like Drew Estate was the most prepared in terms of I, I, this was probably going to be what they were going to do no matter what. So they're kind of coming out of the gate very strong. I mean, and you're going to see over the next week or so, I'm sure they kind of build up what their products are going to be each day. So it's, it's a, it's a more, uh, it's a bigger release each day. So I'm kind of curious to see what the other companies are doing and what their strategies are. I haven't really seen much of a different strategy with the other three companies right now. Yeah, that's a very good point. We haven't heard a lot from those other three companies other than the new Romeo being released, as we talked to Rafael Nodal uh, three weeks ago about. And other Altus, things. Altus has stepped up their their marketing and, 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 and taken advantage of the video and viral situation. They've been pretty active um, from what I've seen, right? Um, I haven't seen much from the general side at all, mm-hmm. at all, anywhere. And I think Davidoff tried something, but I heard it was really, really bad. Uh, they, they did. I saw on Instagram they did a Camacho take a photo of a Camacho cigar, and they were giving away a bunch of st- uh, a Camacho grill set and a bunch of other things over the course of April as part of a pandemic thing. 
That they, I saw. They also got they had some virtual thing. I can't. I, I, I we got I got the email. And sometimes I read these things. And I'm like, eh, you know. So, but I I knew a retailer that did one of those virtual things, and it did it, it, it was it wasn't polished. Let's put it that way. I know they were doing educational stuff with Klaus Kellner, but what yeah. I haven't seen is I haven't seen them kind of take what they're doing and turn it into a marketing strategy around the product they were releasing. That's what I haven't seen. Yeah, I really think that uh, Drew Estate and Altus out of the four have really uh, stepped up and, 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 and tried to adapt to the current climate more than the other two. Yeah, yeah, I've seen like, and I think it was Davidoff, they were, they were doing like a Sunday DJ, which I didn't quite understand what the purpose of it, having this DJ on Instagram was. Um, I mean, other than, you know, I just didn't get it, so... What does Davidoff and a DJ have to do with anything? Oh, I should say it was the Avo brand they were doing. Uh, yeah. yeah, they were running this like Sunday afternoon DJ. I, I, and I get Avos with music, but I I didn't quite connect what the strategy was there with it. So, Speaking about Avo, I just want to share one of my coolest experiences this past week, right? So uh, when we were visiting our friends, Jeff and Tanya, uh, we were at their beautiful home, and they actually have Avo's piano. Um, that he used to have in his poor Puerto Rico house, and um, my kids got to play piano on oh, Avo's cool. piano. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty wow. cool. What kind of piano is it? Uh, it starts with a P. I forgot the name. Maybe my daughter would remember. Petrov. What is it? Petrov. Petrov. My daughter did remember. A Petrov. Petrov. Yep. But wow. yeah, it was That's beautiful cool. piano. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I know they kind of didn't realize it, you know. But you know, maybe when they get older, they'll realize, you know. That they were playing on a famous composer's piano. Oh yeah, and then uh, better had they been playing "Strangers in the Night." Yeah, I don't think they've learned that one yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I feel old because I went to some of those Avo events where he would be sitting, where he'd be sitting at the piano playing. I mean, so I'm actually remembering events I've been to with Avo there. And, you know, it's hard to believe he's, you know, that. My first Avo event, I'm going to say, was well, 2004, six-ish maybe. And it was a night under the stars with Avo Vizian. And I don't know, uh, 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 Will, did you did you ever see the old West Palm store before we moved it? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, so yeah. I literally got together with a piano company who rented me a piano for the night, bought a baby grand piano out in the middle of that courtyard where the fountain was. And we had another band to play accompaniment to him. And he did a whole little concert series out in the open courtyard right for our cool. shop. Yeah, That's it was cool. pretty cool. Wow. That, was, that was one of the coolest events uh, probably in my history that we did. One of my top ones that was pretty badass. It might be in the top five. Could be definitely in the top five. Absolutely. Anything That's else right. going on, Coop? Um, yeah, I think we mentioned, so we mentioned some of the Drew State stuff. They got some acid samplers coming out. Um, also, Hoya de Nicaragua has announced a line extension of their Numero Uno line. Um, that's going to be a Churchill size. It's going to come off that line measuring six and seven eighths by 48. And that was a pretty successful uh, launch they had last year with the numero uno. It was very well received. So yeah, that's going to be a new size they have. I love that cigar. In fact, that's what I was smoking. Uh, we had one on it. Was, it was a great cigar. Yeah. So this is just a, this is just a new size. Yeah, it's a Churchill size. Okay. The one you were smoking was a Lonsdale size. Got it. That's the cigar. That, like he was saying last week, Half Wheel gave that event cigar, like a number one cigar of the year. Um, and they ended up turning it into a whole line, obviously. Yeah. Amazing how that happens. It's a good yeah. cigar. It's a very good cigar. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Listen, I, 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 I would say, if listen, my thing is, I don't 
I, unless it's a real construction problem, I never would say that this is a bad cigar. I just say it's not my cup of tea or it's not you know, right. my personal preference. Mm-hmm. But so, so I just, not to toot your horn, Kev, but this cigar is fantastic I'm smoking. Thank so, you, sir. Not only am I polishing this one off, I got the backup ready to go. <laughs> okay. so, that's, a, that's a red Lancero, right? That's yep. the Lancero Maduro, yeah. Yeah, really, really good Lancero. Yeah. And I'm oh, a yes. critical guy on Lancero, so yeah. Yeah. I have fully enjoyed the Maduro as well as I've been smoking here today. Absolutely. Very well done. Thank you, Thank you sir. Thank Excellent you. cigar. And I don't give out props easily. No, he Thank doesn't. You. <laughs> anyway. I'll be smoking uh, mine tonight. I, I have to <laughs> smoke mine tonight. <laughs> Crack open that bottle of wine and light it up tonight. Uh, if, if my wife lets me, she wants to hang on to it for, she likes the, the 2016 she likes to hold on to for a couple of years. We, we have a whole... We have a, almost our whole wine fridge now is don't drinks because I have stuff aging in there for 10 years, for five years. I, I have one. I have one side that's don't drink. And then I have one side that I tell my wife, this is the one you could drink from. Right. And then we have the ones that hang on the wall. I'm like, this is for when company comes over who really doesn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Adam has his humidor set up that way. Anything, anything out in the open, you can smoke. Anything in the drawers, you can't smoke. Exactly. <laughs> Don't yeah, there's stuff. there's one shelf in my wine fridge that says drink. There's like a post-it there. The rest yeah. is all don't don't drink right now. The rest of it's kind of like Coop's table. Don't use. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Christmas. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> all right, uh, now it's time for a very special guest bringing back once again, Mr. Joe Gro from Drew Estate Cigars. Uh, it is time for someone. Is going to take away some great product from our good friends at Drew Estate. Joe, thanks for coming back on and joining us here on KMA Talk Radio. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm super excited to give away some uh, good prizes today. I think we got three prize packs we're giving away. Mm-hmm. So I think we're, this is going to be awesome. So just kind of a reminder what everybody's going to get. We've been running this promotion all month long. I believe the second and third place guys are going to get a Drew Estate Benchmade Cutter, which is, I can't see. There you go. You sure? I, I've got to physically hold that cutter. That, that's a way more impressive cutter than you know the picture leads you to believe. That's a pretty cool oh, cutter. I mean, bench me, it's quality, and that thing is, I mean, it's sharp. I've kind of cut myself once or twice on it, but, I mean, that is a quality <laughs> item. And then on top of that, they're going to get the uh, you know flying pig, I think, one of our toolkits that has the cigar holder, mm-hmm. the ashtray, and the cigar rest. And then for the grand prize, not only are you going to get all that stuff, but then you're going to get the Drew State Yeti cooler. And, I mean, that's something that everybody's going to need coming in the summer. It's up yeah. now so everybody can see the image. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Nice. Ah, well done, Paul. Paul is putting up the image of the quality Yeti cooler. I'm awesome. a little shocked. I'm a little shocked you had that image prepared, Paul. I'm just saying. <laughs> Bravo, Paul. Bravo, Paul. Oh, thank you. Golf thank you. Everybody, everybody <laughs> golf cap. Now, <laughs> yeah, there we go. now, 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 Paul, do you know what that phrase is from, golf clap? No. She, Adam, I know Adam knows. Joe, I'm only going to assume you know because you used it. Or did you just use it because you've heard the context? Oh, no, I, I've, I've seen the reference. Yeah, Men at Work. Yeah, Men at Work. Exactly. Charlie, one of the few movies that Charlie and uh, Sheen and Emilio Estevez did together. Should have okay. done more together, yeah. I never saw it. Oh. I'll have to watch really? it. Really? Oh, that's a classic 80s. I mean, it's not the greatest movie in the world, but it has no. some moments. Uh, <laughs> I want to say 92, but... Uh, I thought it was early. I thought it was a little later than that. Earlier than that. I could tell you. Yeah. We'll look <laughs> it up. But anyway, Wait. while Joe's trying to get this all out, uh, 
I'm sure there's been a lot of entries. How did you decide to pick out all the entries? Hmm? 90. Uh, okay. We split the difference. Even better. <laughs> awesome. So we have a total of, I think it was around like 2,800 or so entries. So we're going to, if I can share my screen here, we're going to go live and I'm going to share that. You guys see my screen? Uh, I don't or know it, if that will, hold on. Is it yeah, well, you guys can see it, but I don't know if it'll display. On yeah, yeah, okay. I, I see it. I got okay. it. Yep, we got it. Perfect. All right, so I have the first drawing. So we're going to pick second and third first, and then we'll go for the grand prize. Nice. All right. So we're going to generate 1514. Now we're going to go back to the lovely list, and let's see who our winner is. See, this guy's a professional. Look at, look at how organized he's got this set up. Joe, do you want to be a producer of a uh, online <laughs> video show? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I got a pretty cushy job, but you know, Abe, if you know, just keep me in mind here. <laughs> if you need some right. extra work, let me know. Yeah, uh, I could do that to Paul. All right, fifteen, fourteen. <laughs> we're going down it's, here. Oops. It's okay. <laughs> we're getting close. We're getting close. All right, we got a winner, Keith Bennett. Keith right. Bennett, you got that's your first winner. Let me write right. that down. Give me a second. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bennett, all right. Okay. Got it. Got it. Congratulations, Keith Bennett. We hope you enjoy winning uh, third place. And, you know, we're going to get that prize out to you very soon. Yep. Actually, and speaking, that, and speaking of that, guys, one other thing I forgot to add in on the prize pack because our friend Juan from Hoya de Nicaragua, he threw, in those Cinco, he threw in those Cinco de Cadiz books. So oh, those yes. will also be going out from you guys as a gift from Hoya de Nicaragua. All very right. Let's, cool. gen let's generate the second place 1353 let's see let's see we're going back we're going back 1353 john patterson john patterson john patterson congratulations john patterson you win second place you are going to get a wonderful prize pack for our good buddies over at drew estate that is going to come to you probably shipping out on monday and now for the Mega Poppy Chulo Prize, which includes the cutter, the Flying Pig Pack, and the Yeti Cooler, along with an autographed book, the the uh, Hoya book. Let's see yeah, who's right. the lucky Gift winner. Gifted to us by our buddy John Juan Martinez. Absolutely. All right, guys. Drum roll, please. Da -da -da. There you go. 1645. 1645. Oh, we're seeing that in that range. So, see? Let's see who we got. This is for Let's the big roll. grand prize. This is the slow reveal, the slow buildup. Tension. Tension. Uh, 1645. Uh, Larry Fricker Jr. Larry. He's Fricker. a Fricker winner. He's, the, he's our Fricker winner. Congratulations <laughs> to Larry. Larry, congratulations. You are the mass prize winner for our good promotion here from our good buddies at Drew Estate. A Yeti cooler and a whole lot of other great product is coming Congratulations, wow. sir. Congratulations, guys. Congratulations to all the winners. That's awesome. Awesome. And, then, guys, Abe, I think we have another little contest going right now. That was from your Memorial Day. You want to share a little bit about that and how everybody yeah. ran Yeah, I've already seen I've already seen beach ball pictures circulating. These guys are getting ready. Um, basically, I, I, you had to participate in our Memorial Day weekend promotion. Uh, we sent you a smoke-in beach ball. And anybody who's gotten that beach ball, if they make their best summertime is here, post on Facebook and tag Drew Estate Cigars and smoke in. Um, you have to have the beach ball and any Drew Estate cigar in that photo. Tag us. You're automatically entered. We got a live drawing scheduled for Joe Grow again 
but this is one mega prize pack. It's that Yeti cooler, right? It's a beautiful Twisted Tea outdoor barbecue grill. We got a Drew Estate toolkit in there, and we have one of the original, the first project that Dojo, Cigar Dojo did, which was Drew Estate Dogma, one of the original bundles from 2014. That's all going to go out to a lucky winner. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, all you got to all you got to do. In fact, it's this bundle right here. I got to hold yep. it from my face. Yeah, yeah, and and, and um, this is the bundle. And um, all you got to do is just make it cool, have fun with it, post an awesome summertime themed post using the smoking beach ball and any Drew Estate cigar. Tag Drew Estate cigars. Tag smoke in. You're automatically entered. So I really want to thank you for. Providing this awesome prize, Joe. It's awesome. It was great. We hope to do it again with you guys. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I appreciate your support. No, this was awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Thank everybody who entered the contest. You know, look forward to seeing it. And we got a lot of new stuff coming. I know you guys were touching on the year of the rat a little bit there. Yes. Abe, I, I know you, you were saying that, you know, we're only sending four boxes to events. But I want everyone to know that events now through, you know, middle of August, when you, make, when you purchase any of the deals, you actually, uh, if you buy a box, you're going to get at least one year of the rat cigar. So while we're only having four boxes for sale, you will still be able to get a year of the rat. To, you're, you know, provi- so that you can, you're, so, provi- you're providing a year of the rats for purchases? Is that what it is? Yes, sir. For so that's what purchases? Huh? For giveaways with purchases? Correct. With a purchase. So that's part of the, you know, along with all the other cool swag, we got the new League of Provided Survival Kits with the knife, the flashlight, the backpack. You got all this stuff. But in addition to that, yeah, you will get a year of the rat. So, Abe, so it's not quite like. Yeah, I might have misunderstood. So I just want to make sure I understand. I was going to watch the Corona one tonight uh, to see how this goes. I just want to make sure I I understand this right. So as a consumer, if I make a purchase, I can get one of the year rat cigars no matter what. Uh, well, yeah, as long as the supplies last. So we're going to make sure every store has a geese. Yeah, yeah, as an event. But for the most part, uh, most box buyers at events will get a year of the rat cigar. So I will quantify it while supplies last. But you, if you're going to buy a box at events starting June 1st, you should and, be getting one. And then I, I retract my statement. That's a way better setup of an event. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, no problem. We're just Absolutely. getting here to build excitement. So thanks, guys, again for having me on. Great contest, and I look forward to talking more with you guys. All right. Be All good, right. Man. We Thanks, will talk Joe. to Joe Grow again soon. Thank you, Joe. Right, and congratulations to all the winners from this Drew Estate KMA contest and to Larry for winning that big uh, package. Major congratulations, and we will be getting that package out to you very soon. Now, if you didn't get a chance to enter your and subscribe to our um, there's another prize package up right now. It was uh, given to us by Kevin the awesome little Rockefeller cigar pride includes cigars, hats, shirts, patches, ashtray. It's on our homepage of kmatalkradio.com. Go check it out. Uh, I think it's going to be up for at least two weeks, two or three weeks, and we're going to have a drawing. Uh, maybe get Kevin to come back on, do a live drawing like Joe did, and we'll give that away. So all you got to do is just go to our homepage at kmatalkradio.com, enter your email, and you will automatically be subscribed. Yeah, Paul, take notes on how Joe did that, and so you can get the winner. <laughs> Just saying. Oh crap! <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I'll uh, I'll get you a tutorial. It'll be fun. I think uh, that Yeti cooler is very impressive. Yeah, it's it's a cool prize. Yeah, it's a very impressive prize. If I ever went out in public, I'd probably want one. It looks it looks smaller in the graphic than it is in real life. It's pretty impressive. 
so, Coop, what's happening this week on uh, CigarHeightandCoop.com? Um, definitely, we have a bunch of reviews coming out, um, including the uh, Lars Teton's SS review, the, the uh, Underground Shady XX, and the Diesel Whiskey Row and the Rothschild will all be featured this week. So, have you gotten out of the house at all yet, or are you still just hanging around? Uh, I've gotten out of the house twice uh, since really all this started, um, but I'm going to start being, making my way uh, back out. I haven't really had a, much of a reason to go out, right? So, um, you know, if there's a reason I need to go out, then I'm, I'm just kind of doing that. Um, you know, I we were never one to eat out. It, when I'm on the road, I eat, I eat in restaurants, but when I'm home, I eat at home, so... Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't wanting to hit a lot of restaurants to begin with anyway. Okay. Very cool. Absolutely. Excellent only, stuff. Only Whataburger. <laughs> well, that's what I'm out. Yeah. That's what I'm out. Oh, I, I could go for a Whataburger. <laughs> I've never had one. <laughs> oh, you got to have one. Oh, you got to have one. I know I'm going to get attacked here, but I've never had a Whataburger. I've never had it in an out burger. Oh, no, I've had it in an out. No, you, not, you not, not by, don't, not, don't not be by anything other than I just haven't been around one. Yeah, the problem is you won't get attacked. Now you're gonna get. It's like a. It's like uh. It's a very. It's a religious war with both of them. You know. Yeah. I like both. So. Well, if I you had to pick one as your last burger, ever, mm. which would it be, Coop? It, it would be water burger because I love mustard on a burger, and they put mustard on okay. the burger. So what if I just threw mustard on an In and Out burger? <laughs> yeah, you put mustard on. It. <laughs> Come on, dude. You can't do it that right. And this was our. And this was our jerky judge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Such a sore oh, loser. Oh, but look at this guy. Oh, I like mustard. Oh, put mustard on the other burger. Which one do you like better? Look, it's Such the way it's loser. served, right? That's yeah. the, that's what it comes down to how they how they present it to you. Okay, I, so it has to be it has to be the way it's presented. Wow, <laughs> look at these look at these comments coming in. What a burger is trash from Alex. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we go. And, and 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 everyone's gonna convince me the other way. You know, it's like you know, it's like. It's like Trump and Biden or Trump and Hillary. It, I'll, it, tell you, it, I'll tell you what, Coop. I had an amazing burger this week, and I was very taken aback by it. Abe, have wait, you ever wait, been to the burger? You had a fi- burger this week? No, no. I had an amazing burger this week. Have you ever been to the Burger Fi by our house? Oh, Burger Fi is garbage. No Crap. way. I, was, I, I had the crash. CEO I burger. The I CEO burger is awesome. I to a stray dog that I didn't even know. Dude, the trash, CEO burger is trash. Awesome. Garbage. Listen to me. <laughs> Try the <laughs> CEO burger. One. So don't tell me it's a location thing. It's delicious. Garbage. Yeah. Burger Fi doesn't even have an ass's hair on any Five Guys location. <laughs> five Guys is crap. I don't like Five Guys. No, oh I disagree. Five Guys you're, you're on crack. Five Guys is great. Five Guys is great, man. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the burger. Burger Fi is Garbage. Paul will definitely not be a judge at uh, the American Jerk Fest. I never, I never claim to be. I never claim to be an expert or a judge or anything. Listen to me. It already sounds bad enough with the Great American Jerk Off. Don't call it the Jerk Fest, all right? (laughs) Well, that's part two. (laughs) The Jerk Fest. You you guys know. I don't know. I don't know if Adam was wishful thinking there for a second. I didn't. He lost me with that. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot it was all not the best. Wait, just a quick Whataburger comment though. Do you know that there's a Whataburger in Florida, but it's far from you guys. But if you're ever going up towards Jacksonville, um, exit three seventy three or five ninety five, there's a Whataburger. Yeah, I've passed I'm it be before. Driving right by there tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. But I'm just saying, I'm sure you guys sometimes get up to Jacksonville. So I mean, for what? If I'm going to Georgia, 
you yeah, go to, Georgia. to deal with to deal with traffic. Yeah, that's what we, that's Hoover, why I, love I mean. It. Yeah, if I'm going but to Georgia. There, but, but that's the closest Whataburger I have to where I am. Is is that one off exit three seventy three? What was that? Like ten hours? But, but, but one of the but five. One of, one of the best Vietnamese restaurants I've ever been to is in Jacksonville. Oh, really? Some faux place. I, if I look it up, I could remember. Let me know it. about that. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it's right off of I ninety five. It's literally like a mile and a half. And I every time I ever drive through there, I stop and have faux there. Listen, the Abe, Abe, you know faux. There's no question on that. Yeah, in fact, I'm really happy the one but the one behind us, which is one of the best. I'm going taking the kids there for lunch right after the show. They started serving bahmi sandwiches, which is like my I love those. Oh, I used to never had them before. Love a good bun me. You can't go better with a bad bun me. No, you can't. It's stellar. Mm-hmm. All right, Coop, what do you got planned for the rest of the weekend? Um, I'm just gonna probably uh, chill. Um, chill. It's a nice day. I'm gonna definitely get outside for sure at least because uh, we haven't we've had rain all week here so. All right, excellent. We yep. uh, look forward to reading all the quality reviews you're going to come with on the rest of the week on Cigar Hype and Coop, and we will definitely talk to you next week on KMA Talk Radio. Take care, guys. All right, Coop. Make sure you check out CigarHypeCoop.com for all the latest reviews and all the news happening in the cigar industry. It's the best content you can find anywhere, guaranteed. So, Kevin, um, are you still quarantining yourself, or do you got plans? Are you going to go out this weekend? What, do you got to, what are you going to do? I'm going to go sit in my backyard, relax, look at the bay, and chill out and relax and smoke a cigar. Sounds like a fantastic time. Ah, the great South Bay. I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. I think we bought back in our, one of our old segments this week, didn't we? Yes, we did. Oh, yeah, uh, you have it. I don't have it in I, front of me. I do. I, I haven't read it yet, though, but we, I do. I, oh, I printed it out for me. has it. Uh, this week, once it, we are bringing it back, we have to find out this week who belongs in a cigar insane asylum brought to you by our good friends from CLE and Asylum Cigars. So this is bought back by request of our good friend and top fan, Allison. So she, uh, she, she, she bought up to me. I missed those. I said, you know what? We can easily put them back in the show. I know. You know? It, was just a, it was just an oversight. We apologize. Yes, yes. So, this is my first time reading this, so bear with me. Mm-hmm. Um, this week's inductee really needs to update his records. In a sex fantasy gone wrong, two men with machetes entered the wrong house in New South Wales, Australia. Ooh, this is already sounding bad. The, <laughs> men, had been, the men had been hired to carry out a client's fantasy of being tied up in his underwear and stroked with a broom. So I just before I read this any further, I just want to make sure I'm getting this straight. This is a dude that hired two dudes. Correct. And when they say this house, is a this is a BBC article. Two machetes and stroke him with a broom. Yeah, and this is a BBC article, so they're calling they're saying stroke meaning like smack him with a broom. Like okay. hit him now spank him. Did both guys get brooms or is it just one both both the guys are sharing? I don't know, room. Adam. I didn't check the Adam, if you want. Adam really wants to know, Paul. You have yeah. to do some due diligence here. So the role play was arranged over Facebook by a man near, near Griffith, New South Wales, who provided his address to the hired pair for 5,000, I'm going to guess pounds, or is that U.S. dollars? No, it's yes. Australian dollars. Australian dollars. However, the client moved to another address 30 miles away without updating the two men. They entered the home on the street of the original address. When the resident noticed a light on in his kitchen at 6.15 a.m., he assumed it was a friend who came in daily to make more morning coffee. Now, who has a friend that comes in their house daily? 
to make morning coffee at six it in the morning. It is a weird situation. It's Australia. It's a so weird there, Right there, that's suspect for me. So he didn't freak out that there was somebody in his house, basically, is what they're that's saying. kind of weird. Right there. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's an asylum story right there with itself. Mm-hmm. When the men called out the name of their client, the resident turned on the light and removed a sleep apnea mask he was wearing. I, I like how they got the detail of having the sleep apnea mask on, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. It was then that he saw them standing above his bed with the machetes. They appeared to have bought in his props for role play. When they realized their error, one of the pair said, sorry, mate, shook the resident's hand according to the report. <laughs> and then drove to the correct address, and their client asked them to leave the weapons in the car. A short time later, police arrived at the property, found the machetes in the car, arrested the hired pair. The judge ruled that the evidence did not suggest the men's actions were intentional. Yeah, that's without a doubt an insane asylum. <laughs> so I came across that without without looking for an insane asylum the other day, and I, I bookmarked it on my uh, on my computer. And then when you said you wanted to bring it back this week, I was like, oh, I got to use that one. I already have this one. What are you Googling that that just came up automatically? No, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Men with machetes. <laughs> Apparently. No, I don't Google. I look I look at, you know, the news. I was looking at the BBC, and I, I saw that in, like, a weird news story segment. And I was like, wow. It's good enough for the BBC. It's good enough for me. Well, who's going on next week? Uh, uh, TBD. Wow, you really suck. No, wait. Yep. So I had somebody booked that can't do it. So I, I just texted a friend of ours that we've been talking about because I thought it would be a good point, time for him to come on. He's watching the show right now, but he's obviously not answering his texts while he's watching the show. So I'm pretty sure he's available, but I don't right. want to say it to make him look bad if he can't make it. Okay. Do you need <laughs> me to text some people for you? No, you I, got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. You sure? Yeah. Mm. Okay. You know, you know what we need to do? You know what we need to do? We need to see if we can get Evan Darnell on the show. Well, Talk about what what the Red Meat Lovers Club has been doing during this hiatus, right? How are we going to eat and, if he comes on? Oh, no, no. He'll just come here where Adam and I are broadcasting. You're just be shit out of luck. <laughs> yep. Screw you, Paul. That's what yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hit up Evan. Or he could, he could come on from home. But, yeah, you should hit him up. You can see what he's doing. Yeah. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on, man. It was great to hear about your history, learn about your cigars. And uh, I'm going to get ready to enjoy this one right after my thank lunch. You. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. I've heard great things from Kevin from the militia and Boston Jimmy about your great smoke. So I definitely, you know, I want to do that. All right, great. And if anybody wants to learn more about your cigars, you have a website, yeah? Yeah, www.vrcgcigars.com. VRCG. Vintage Rockefeller Cigar Got Group. And if you go to Rockefeller, it'll come up anyway. Good. Good. And they, they can find their nearest retailers on that site or no? Uh, yeah. Good. Good stuff. Absolutely. Kevin, for being here, it's been an absolute pleasure. We look forward to hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Maybe uh, we'll see you in person if we actually ever get to be in person with people ever again. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, next Absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, next week will be to be determined, thanks to Paul's incompetency. And, wow. uh, well, until next week, and as always, keep it lit, everybody. Peace.